Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. You are listening to the Build Your Network podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chapel, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the BYN Breakdown. I'm here with my producer, Eric Skorzynski. Eric? What's up? I know that you were smiling because I said your last name as Skorzynski instead of Skorzynski. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. You don't seem like it's fine. <laughs> no, that's fine. Okay. All right. So today we're talking about our biggest podcasting mistakes. Eric, you've been podcasting for how long now? Uh, eight, eight months. For the new show, but you had another show before. Yeah. So and you had another show in between. So if you like count up all the months, it's over a year now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, the show's been doing extremely well. Got over 200,000 downloads and just like it's still under a year. Yeah. And uh, and I'm sure in that time now, there has been some mistakes that have happened. And as you know, and as a lot of my audience knows, I've been podcasting for over three years now, yep. almost 500 episodes. And there's a good amount of mistakes that are covered in there. So we're going to talk about a few of those. And at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about how you can avoid those things if you are a podcaster. So Eric, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you go first. What are some of the mistakes that have uh, come out as you've been going through your podcasting journey? Yeah, I think for me, there's, there's a couple of big mistakes. And I think you alluded to it. And I don't regret this at all. But like the first time I started podcasting was very much a hobby for me. And I ran it like a hobby. And it was, it was just a movie podcast, which was a lot of fun, but I didn't anticipate how much time, like I over leveraged myself with like 
how much work it was going to be and really set myself up for failure by just not thinking through the logistics of it, which I know that's not a super fun mistake to talk about or like a hog kind of thing, but it really was. It's a big um, one though, man. It's a yeah. Big one. It, I set it up, you know, I was working a full-time job and then I set up a show where I'm like, I was like, Oh, I'm going to cover a movie podcast, but I'm going to cover multiple on each episode. So then I'm like, I got to watch all these movies each. And it just became a chore really fast. And on top of that, you know, I was so focused on making it sound like a huge production. So I spent hours editing. So like I was spending a ridiculous amount of time putting out a show that nobody was listening to except for a couple of my friends. And doing the wrong things on the show. Because at the beginning, basically that's true for every show is that only friends listen to it. It just depends on how well known your friends are if more people listen to it. But but the the problem was that you were spending time on the wrong things, spending time on making the this sound cool yeah. instead of focusing on how do I market the show right? stuff like that. Right. Yeah. It was a lot of time focused on the production of it, but nothing about the actual meat of the show. And then, you know, the, it was actually preacher boys, which is the, the show that's like doing really well. That was the second show. And I went into that kind of knowing like what I butchered on those, the last show that made 20 episodes. And yeah. now I'm doing a show that takes much more work, but it's much more focused. And the work that I'm doing, I can see a result in the growth of the show. Yeah. But yeah, so the so the first one for sure was just over leveraging myself and not, you know, it's easy. And I see podcasters all the time. They spend hours and hours and hours and hours crafting the perfect first episode to prove to themselves they can do it. But then episode two's around the corner. Right. And you don't have the time to be this sound engineer and make like an audio book every time you do an episode. And, and so it's, it's just, it's discouraging when you put that much effort into something and then you look at your downloads and there's 11 people that, right. that downloaded the episode and probably only three who actually listened to it. You yeah. know what I mean? And it was your mom and your sister. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. So it, my it's, mom it didn't discour- listen, <laughs> but it discourages you from doing another one. Yeah, man. I, and I think too, and I, I think it was you that said this, maybe it wasn't, maybe someone that you've had on the show, but like one of the, I don't know who it was, but one of your guests actually talked about that. He said, your whole journey is crafting this message. And like the rest of it is trying to like be able to fit it into five minutes, three minutes. Do you remember who said that? Yeah. I remember the conversation. So so yeah. So basically the idea is you have your message that you want to get across and it's taking, so for you, it's networking. For me, it's about exposing abuse in churches. I have to be able to take that message and fit a 30 minute time slot, an hour, two hours, 15 minutes, a three minute, a two minute elevator pitch. Like I need to be able to just keep adding that message without ever feeling redundant or that I'm like cutting away from something important. Sure. And I think there's too few people that do that work before they launch that first episode. And I think most people like my first show was, I like this and I think I can talk about it because I know a lot about it Yeah. instead of saying, what's my direct specific angle on it. Yeah. And then a lot of other people will just not take that approach in terms of finding that niche at all. So that's something you did well on your first show too. It was like a, a movie show about horror yeah. genre. So super niche, which is actually, if you probably, if you did the show correctly, you probably have a yeah. decent listenership right now because of how niche it is. But what I get most of the time from a bunch of people is, you know, because now I get people ask me all the time about podcasting and things and I have some people who come up and probably 60 to 80% of the people that talk to me, the first thing they say is, you know, I want to just be like Joe Rogan. And then I immediately just stop them and just say, you can't. So what's the next idea? (laughs) And it's not even that you can't. It's just that if you do it, don't expect it to get 
100 million downloads. Joe Rogan right. did. Like you have to find a, a more narrow. The reason that worked for Joe Rogan is because at the time there was like 300 podcasts in existence. Yeah. So his show was niche for that period of time. It was random conversations with awesome people. Like for that period of time, nobody else was doing that. No other private independent creators were just doing that. So he stepped into that and then he created that market and then everybody else flooded in afterwards to say, oh, what he did worked. Let me try to do it. That's the whole idea behind the blue ocean, red ocean uh, strategy. So people come in thinking they're like, oh, I'll just do what Joe Rogan does. And it's not going to work the same way that it happened with him because there's over a million podcasts now. There's not, there's 300 podcasts and uh, there's a bunch of other people that have tried to do what Joe Rogan does. But guess what? You're not as interesting as Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's a pretty interesting dude and he has some interesting friends and yeah. uh, his viewership has now allowed him to connect with a bunch of other people. But yeah, you got to find that niche if you're going to, if you're going to, if you want to create a show and have success with it, that's the difference. If you're just want to hang out with your buddies and drink some beer and talk about everything you want to talk about, please do that. That's the cool thing about podcasting. Yeah. Just don't expect that other people who don't know you and have never met you are going to be interested in listening to that conversation. Yeah. We both know Stacey O'Byrne, like she, I, she had a quote that I, I really like where she says, if you treat it like a hobby, it pays like a hobby. If you treat it like a job, like it'll pay you like a job, you know, and, or treat it like a business, it'll pay you like a business. Oh, you was, said that. Yeah. I've heard I mean, her she say, might have also said I've heard that. her say it too, so I'm yeah. going to credit her. But, <laughs> but no, if you, that's you what know, I say about podcasting all the time, for sure. Yeah. If you treat it like, yeah, like with podcasting, if you treat it like something that's, you know, just, oh, it's something for fun that I do, you'll probably make the same amount of money you do when you do anything else. It's right. just fun. Right. And, you know, that's, yeah. So, so definitely niching down, treating it like a business. But one of the other things too, like you mentioned the Joe Rogan thing is a lot of people mistake personality for like format. And I see them copy like, I want to be like Joe Rogan. It's what does that mean? Does that just mean you want to have long conversations? Does that mean you don't want to censor the show? Does it mean that you want to smoke pot on the show? That's a very vague thing. Right. If it's talking to interesting people, a lot of people do that. And so I think too many times people let other people's personality influence their show. Right. And again, that was, that's, I guess that's one mistake I avoided um, early on, especially with preacher boys was, you know, I'm dealing with a heavy topic. Like it's more true crime stuff. But what I didn't want to do was come on and be like, hello, my name is Eric Skrzynski and you're listening because that's not my person. I'm a very easygoing, like I can be serious about stuff and I do get very serious on the show, but I knew whatever I started that first episode on, I would have to maintain that serious. If I'm going to do the nightline kind of vibe, I have to keep that because all my audience is going to grow with that. Dateline. You know, or dateline. Yeah. Dateline. What's Nightline? Is that a thing? (laughs) It sounds like, what was Dr. Drew's show used to be? Loveline. Yeah. So I don't know. It's not Loveline. My show is nothing like (laughs) Loveline. If that's your vibe, that's one of those things like, and I think that's where I made a lot of mistakes on my very first show as I came in, I wanted to be this like guru that knew all the stuff, you know, and I wanted to be this traditional podcast host, but I didn't let my own personality inform it enough, Yeah. you know? And now with my show, like my show, my conversations do have a, like a Joe Rogan vibe where we talk for an hour and a half or two hours. Like I just did a three hour podcast, but it wasn't because I was trying to be like Joe Rogan. It's because our conversation took three hours to yeah. really accomplish. You right. know, well, that was a really good first one. <laughs> so oh, Lord. second one, this is probably my, the, the number one thing that I tell people when they ask me what I would tell myself when I was younger or what I would tell myself when I started this quote unquote journey is start sooner. That's a big mistake. Uh, Stop waiting to start a show. Uh, There's never going to be a perfect time. Just this episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. 
we are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at Indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Do it now. Get it out there. Do it properly. It's becoming less of a perfect time every minute you're right. waiting. <laughs> I tell people uh, podcasting is like planting a tree. No. The best time to do it was 10 years ago. The second best time to do it is right now. Because every day that you delay is another day where the field gets more saturated and where you could have had more listeners. And you, every day you delay your start, you delay your success. So think about how much uh, you want to delay your success and, and answer that question for yourself. So start, stu- start sooner would be you know, one, of the, one of the biggest mistakes. I, I almost waited an entire year before I started my show after I knew that I wanted to. So that's an entire year's worth of yeah. content that I could, have been, I, I could have been a year better than I am, a year uh, more downloads than I have, a year more revenue than I have, a year of more freedom than I have. Like, uh, it could have been a year more of everything and potentially even a really large difference because the podcasting landscape is really was changing a bunch in that time period when I started, you know, in 2012, there was 3000 podcasts. And then in, when I started in 2017, there was like half a million podcasts. But in 2016, I don't know the exact number, but I assume it was significantly less than that, which could have helped me ride that wave a little bit more, get oh. some more listeners and things. So, you know, don't wait, guys, if you really want to get something like this going, if you know that at some point in the future, you want to do it, just do it now. You know, like you were just talking about the show that you started first, it doesn't exist anymore. But the one that you have now, you took a lot of lessons that you learned from the first show and implemented to this show. And now this show is doing really well. So just get started. You're, you're going to learn along the way and you're going to you're going to be happier that you took some action toward the thing that you're trying to do instead of just always pushing it off at a later yeah. date. Yeah. So. Oh, another mistake. Really quick. Just to throw it in there. I think it's about what I was going to segue to. Oh, OK. Maybe not. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> the biggest mistake that actually made during my podcast was it was in the first like three or four months of my show and 
I was interviewing this guy who I respected, business owner, and uh, had him on the schedule for a little while. Had to get an introduction to him to get him on the show. I was excited to interview him. I went through the entire interview, was pretty proud of uh, the conversation that we had, and then I went to go stop the recording. But I realized when I went to go stop the recording that I had never started the recording. So I went 40 something minutes on an interview with a guy that I respected and at the end of it did not have an audio file because I did not press the freaking record button. So that was a big lesson to just say, you know what, maybe we should just have this checklist pulled up. We have an interview checklist over in our um, podcast Profit Academy that we pull up for people to say, look, just keep this in front of you because of little dumb things like that. You don't want to get overdone with an interview and, and hop off and be like, ah. Forgot to ask this one thing, or or um, I, I forgot to hit the record button, or I forgot to do that. You know what I mean? Just keep that checklist handy, and uh, don't make that same mistake because that was pretty horrible. I did the same thing, and I actually did this on my. I did this on my third show, which was the Good Story Podcast, where I was interviewing creatives, and I was actually interviewing Sterling on the show, which is a mutual friend of ours. But I, I got literally to the last five ten minutes of it. I was like, bro. <laughs> I didn't. Re- I was glad it was him and yeah, not someone else. Knew, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I got down. I was like, the last five minutes, he's like giving this great point, and I was like, I have none of this. All right, yeah. that was a good practice run. Right. <laughs> so so yeah, always make sure you hit the record button. That's a big win. So was that the thing that you thought I was going to say? I thought you were going to talk about. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about. I thought you were going to talk about having low signal and being too scared to turn off the video. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. So I reached out to somebody who was way, way like higher than I was at, at the time, especially in the creation space. Um, it's Patrick, but David. So he has now his YouTube channel valuetainment has one point something million subscribers. But at the time it had 350, 400,000. He had just had a video go viral maybe a year before that. And it was a big, it was a big reach out. It, he also runs a hundred million dollar company as well. In addition to the YouTube channel. It was a big reach out because uh, he was like one of the first, like this was still pre-launch. So I didn't even launch the show when I got him on. And so that was mistake number one was trying to go too big, too fast. And when I didn't earn the right to be able to have big guests on, if that makes sense, I was not an experienced interviewer. I was not an experienced podcaster. I didn't know my tech super well. Like I was just trying to go for the best guests that I possibly could, which, you know, ended up working out. But uh, at the time, what I tell people is maybe wait for a second before you get to all those types of people, because you can easily make a bad impression just as easy as you can make a good impression on people that you respect in that arena. And I think at that point I made a bad impression on him. I don't know hundred percent cause we haven't talked about it, but I, I was not proud of the interview. Basically what happened is we got on the interview and it, this was back when I was using Skype and he had his video on, which I had not done up to that point. Yeah. We lived off the, not off the grid, but out of town, like on the outskirts of town of where we lived in Lancaster, uh, California. And on the outskirts of town, we didn't have cable access. So we didn't have a hardwired internet connection. We had satellite internet, which is horrible. And so what I was doing up to that point with all my interviews was I was just doing audio only because I wanted to save bandwidth on the connection and make sure that we had a good, you know, because it's a podcast. I didn't really need the video. So Patch jumps on. He's used to doing YouTube interviews or or doing video interviews because he's a YouTuber and all this stuff. So I was not a strong enough interviewer at the time to talk to somebody who was in a position of, you know, that was higher than I was in to basically say, hey, just uh, FYI, Pat, before we get started, um, I'm going to go ahead and turn off my video here in a second uh, because I live uh, too far out of town. We don't have good Internet. And uh, so I like to save bandwidth to make sure the audio quality really good. 
That's all I would have had to say. Yeah. But instead, I was just like, oh, let's just go ahead and go forward with the interview. I don't want to say anything that will upset this guy. You know what I mean? And I was just being like this pandering pansy of a host because I didn't have any experience. Do I didn't know what was proper etiquette to do in that moment. Should I say something? Should I not say something? So we get into the interview and basically what's happening the entire time is I have my headphones on and there's a lag in my own voice. So when I would say something, I would hear myself say what I'm saying like a half a second. It wasn't long. It was like a half a second later, but it was throwing me off completely. And I could not like, I could not speak without hearing myself talk a half a second after every word that I was saying. So it was so annoying. What I ended up doing, I couldn't take my headphones off completely because that was obviously where the audio was coming in through his channel. So I had to hear what he was saying. So I literally took one headphone off of one of my ears so that I could hear myself speaking in real time and focus on that instead of focusing on the half a second delay that was coming through on the other side. So the interview went poorly. The tech was not good. And uh, at the end of it, I had to apologize to him to say, hey, I'm so sorry that, you know, I think I maybe even showed up a, a, a couple minutes late or something because of something that happened with the tech and so I, at the end of it, I just felt like it wasn't a good impression. And I felt like I blew an opportunity to make a positive impression on somebody that I really respected and trusted in that industry. So, you know, all that to say, get some reps under your belt, earn the right to be able, like a lot of people are like, man, why did this person say no? It's maybe you're not good enough. Like maybe that's why they, maybe that's why they said no. Like don't take that as a, this person's a jerk. Take that as I need to get better and work on yourself and progress more. And then maybe next time you reach out, you'll get a yes on that one. So uh, yeah, that, that was a pretty big mistake, though. Awesome. Yeah, I think there's a couple there. I'm sure we could talk about quite a few more. Oh, but, we could uh, go on and on for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely. So there, there's a couple there. I think the biggest takeaway is just hit record when you do your interviews, and you'll probably <laughs> see a lot more success. You're going to see positive reactions from people if you recorded the conversation. I can guarantee you 100% better results on every episode that you <laughs> hit record on. Um <laughs> That's awesome. Travis, what are some ways people can avoid all of these mistakes? I think you put together something to help people through just that. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah. So if you know me, you know that I started getting into podcast coaching consulting because of all the people that were just asking me about it and it was built out of demand. So I started doing coaching, consulting, all those things, and then started doing some production work. But basically it got to the point where I couldn't say yes to everybody, but I still wanted to help out. So we put together this training, this course called Podcast Profit Academy, where we go through how to launch, how to grow, how to monetize, how to sell, all branching off of your successful podcast. And so if you want to hear more about the Podcast Profit Academy, we put together this totally free training called Podcast Profit Secrets, where we go into the four the four things that people usually neglect, don't think about when it comes to building a successful podcast. It's totally free. Yes, I do offer the ability to jump into the course at the end of that training, but I promise you it's not one of those trainings where you jump on and it's literally just an hour pitch for this new thing. Like we are going into some really cool in-depth free training on that webinar. And then at the end, if you are interested, you can jump into the course and into the mastermind, which I think you'll find to be a really uh, affordable price point because we wanted a lot of people to be able to take advantage of it. So you can find that over at podcastprofitcourse.com. You can go register for that webinar and hopefully I'll see you over there. That's podcastprofitcourse.com. Thanks so much everybody for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. Say goodbye 
credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.